Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. You can go ahead and turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 4. I'll be there momentarily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I met with Bishop, like I said, and so I get a little extra excited. I was already excited about today, but I got a little extra excited. Hallelujah. Funny thing about Bishop, Bishop, uh, Bishop collects degrees like some people collect, you know, relationship issues. And, um, um, and uh, anytime I leave, any, anytime you meet with Bishop, uh, you're going to leave with a reading list. He will always give you books that you say, oh, you should buy this book. I was like, and so what's funny is um, here we are in this season between uh, Good Friday, excuse me, between Ash. Between Ash Wednesday and Resurrection Sunday. I mean, I mean, you know, okay, check, let me just be real for a second. If you're, if you're a guest today, welcome, number one, right? Number two, I don't want to say we don't plan anything, but we don't trick you that things are spontaneous when they're not. So, 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 so like when we came up and gave that testimony, that wasn't planned. It wasn't like, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll do something to make people get excited and then we'll go into amen and people that, no, no, that was the Holy Ghost of God, right? And so um, there's, kind of a, there's kind of a trend where people pre-plan these Holy Ghost moments, these prophetic moments. And I'm like, Oh, that's manipulation. Yeah, okay, I get that. I get that. Yes, that's called, yes, that's Hollywood. That's not what we're doing. And so for us, sometimes things get clunky, but I don't know if you've noticed your relationship with God is clunky. And we're not here to entertain. We're here to get real with God, amen? This is what we are about, get real with God. And so um, Bishop, Bishop, Bishop and I um, have a funny relationship. Um, I'm a little more argumentative than he would like. But he gives... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but the funny thing is he always gives a reading list and I am a reader and are, are there any readers in the house who just love books and you have more books than you've read any, anybody else in here you've got more books to read like and so so here, here's what I here's what I did I, I started like I was so convicted uh, that I had so many books to read that I hadn't read yet that I put a stack on my desk, like next to my desk, so they kind of were there, like I couldn't avoid them, right? But then they became like a source of condemnation. You know what I mean? Then I would see them, and I would just feel guilty, and I still wouldn't read them, and they were just kind of bringing me down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you put stuff, I don't want to avoid this, and then like you, you don't avoid it, and then it just brings you down. And so then you, you know, one by one, you're like, I'm probably not going to read this one right away. So I'll put that one on the bookshelf. And like, ah, you know, this one's probably for a different season. I'll put that one. And all I was really doing was just getting things out of my, my, my vision so they didn't bring me down anymore, right? Right? And, and, and um, I don't know, maybe you're not a reader, but I look at that like I got unfinished business, right? So part of the things like for oh, what, what the church calls Lent this season in between Ash Wednesday and, and um, Resurrection Sunday we give up some things, right? And I, I, my Pentecostal heritage tells me not to tell anybody what I'm fasting, right? That's still what I'm in. But one of the things I've given up, and this might sound ridiculous, is I'm not buying any books until I finish the books that I haven't read yet. Like, that's, that's why, that's, that hurts. It hurts me. I was like, 
a good friend of mine just came out with a book, a co-authored with another friend of mine. I was like, this looks amazing. I'm like, but you ain't going to read it, Carl. You are not going to read it. Do not buy that book. It's just going to be another book in the stack. And so, so I'm starting a new mess series today called Unfinished Business. It's just unfinished. We got some unfinished things that we need to deal with in our lives. They're just, we all got some unfinished business. Amen. We got some things that we needed to take care of that's not quite taken care of yet. And, 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 and we can't walk away from it. I, now, I always tell people, if you've got a bad book, just stop reading it. Just, just, you don't have to finish a book just because you started. You don't have to finish a TV series just because you started. My wife and I love generally about a series and a half or a season and a half of some series. Then they get soap opery and weird and over-sexualized. We're like, well, that's probably long enough. I don't, I don't feel compelled to finish that. But there's things that God has told me to put my hand to that are unfinished business. And we think because I forgot about it, God forgot about it. But we want to finish some unfinished business today. And the problem is we are unaware of the effect that this unfinished business has on our lives. We think that just because we're not paying attention to it, it's not mattering. But I promise you it, 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 it does. It's, it's, it's there alive in the background. And we think we can avoid it, but, but we can't. And let me tell you, here, here's, here's where it is. You ready? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through this very quickly, so take some notes. Um, or just forget it, I guess. You could do that as well. <clears throat> the problem is that we lack self-awareness. Um, and, we, and we medicate ourselves to death to avoid being self-aware. You know, as we're preparing for Easter, we want to foster self-awareness. That's what this season is about. It's becoming self-aware. I want to be aware of my need for Jesus and what he made available for me through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. I want to be aware of my need. We get to a place, unfortunately, we get so comfortable with Jesus that we forget to how much we need him right now. I didn't just need him when I got saved. I need him now. I need him right now now. And I need to be aware of my need. And, and self, here, 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 here's what, self-awareness leads to introspection. It leads to understanding. And this gives us opportunity for growth. Self-awareness leads to introspection. Now, self-consciousness is very different. Self-consciousness is the excessive focus on your perceived negative qualities. Self-awareness takes time and discipline to cultivate. It takes humility and a hunger to grow. Self-consciousness is the work of the enemy. So many Christians are self-conscious with no self-awareness. Anxiety is running amok, but they're not aware of the state that they're living in because they're consumed with self-consciousness. I say that with no condemnation. I say that because Jesus heals. Self-consciousness is the work of the enemy. And as we prepare for Resurrection Sunday, about six weeks from now, we're going to allow Holy Spirit to help us in our self-awareness. Now, let me say this. If you don't get anything out of this today, I want you to get this point right here. Lack of awareness, we lack awareness of our sin because we lack awareness of our pain. We lack awareness of our sin because we lack awareness of our pain. We don't have the self-awareness to recognize where we are at with our pain and what we're doing to cover it up 
So we lack awareness of our sin. 1 John 1 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're good. I asked her to take a couple pictures. You're good. You can take some. You can, I appreciate it. Hallelujah. I mean, you could keep it. You know, I, or you can, no, I appreciate it. I see a couple pictures. Being faithful. Just thank her for her faithfulness, would you? Can we thank, can we, can, can we thank Ceci and the team for this morning? <laughs> Plowing through what the enemy was trying to confuse. Man, I love that. I love that. I love that. Now, now, now. Churches avoid talking about sin because they don't know how to talk about it without beating people up. And they don't talk about it at all. But the good news is that Jesus took care of sin for us. And I want to be cleansed of all unrighteousness, don't you? Don't you want to lay in bed at night and just think, huh, all is well. We only get that peace when we interact with God on His rules. So in order to, in order to confess your sin, you, you have to get close to it and not cover it up. We need this self-awareness. We need the self-awareness to recognize our sin. But more importantly, I would say we need the self-awareness to recognize our pain. We hide it and we avoid it with sin. I would say that most sin is rooted in deep pain that is undealt with. It's unfinished business. You hear me? Most sin is rooted in unfinished business. And so we cover it up and we medicate it with sin. And we're just going to mess with that a little bit today. Is that all right? Can we just go there a little bit? And so if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in a very vulnerable place right now, I want you to trust that Holy Spirit knows where you're at, right? And, and, and he's, going, he's going to do something good. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read a long passage, but it's a good one. Then Jesus, who's the main character of the New Testament, if you're new to scripture reading and whatnot. Jesus had just been water baptized, and we're going to have a water baptism around Easter. If you've not been water baptized as an adult since you've come to faith in Christ, it's your opportunity. So um, at your baptism, you get your identity in God. That This is who you are. You are a baptized believer in Christ. Jesus got water baptized. The Lord spoke his identity over him immediately, the Bible says. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. I would too. Uh, and then the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus said to him, Hey, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into a holy city, into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He'll command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, verse 8, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, go, Satan, 
For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and began to minister to him. And Father, we say amen to the reading of your word. And we trust that you are with us and that you anoint it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you, we, we read the Bible and because of a lack of self-awareness, we miss the meaning of the scripture. And at Revival Life Church, we've made it our mission. We've made it our goal. We've made it part of our identity to fully cover, fully maturing believers in Christ. I love that you're in service today. I love that you give faithfully and that you worship God. But we want the three, well, we believe the three key aspects of being followers of Jesus. Yes, you need to have encounters with God. But yes, we need spiritual, countercultural, spiritual formation. We absolutely have to have countercultural spiritual formation and we absolutely need to be on mission in the world. We need to be carrying what God has given us to the world, to our family, to our neighbor, to the world. And and so we we read more scripture possibly than some churches and 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 we we want to unpack stories slowly because we need people I mean, America desperately needs people to really understand who Jesus is and what he came to do. Because I got to tell you, if you look on TV, it would seem that folks did not know. They do not know Jesus. They do not know the word of God. And they are, they are um, hijacking Christ and his message for their own purposes. And so we're going to dig in the scripture here real quick to a bit of a Bible study to try to understand what is this story really teaching and how are we going to appropriate it for our life today. Now, we're a prophetic church, meaning we believe God speaks, but the prophetic is even shipwrecked today because it lacks basic spiritual awareness of the goal. The prophetic has to tell us where to go, but not just fortune-telling. The prophetic tells us where to go in light of how our past has brought us to where we are. It has to tell us how I got to where I am based on where I have come from. And so people give you prophetic words, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You'd be like, explain to me my story, how we got here. Well, I don't know. Then how could you possibly know where we're going? How can you interpret the story God has written in my life and where he is taking me if you don't know where I've been? You don't know my story. You don't understand what God has done to me. You don't understand what he's done through me. You don't understand our past and our history. The prophets in the Old Testament, they were talking the story of God, and then they were warning people, hey, this is where you are. If you do not listen, this is where you will go. If you do listen, that is where you will go. They had a holistic belief and understanding. They were ingrained in Israel, and they were invested in Israel prosperity. I'm I'm for the prophetic. I, I hope to prophesy over some of you very soon. I like to prophesy over people. However, however, a a prophet who comes in and he just blows up and and goes out and gives you great swelling words and leaves you more confused because the words didn't come to pass is not a blessing to the body. I don't need you to tell me I'm going to become a billionaire. I need you to tell me how I got to where I'm at financially right now so that if I get a billion dollars, I don't become broke again. Been lonely for a long time. God's going to bring you a spouse. Well, how do I not destroy that relationship? This is, this is the prophetic right here that tells you how you got to where you're at so we don't continue to cycle as God's blessing comes and destroy the next blessing. That's the true prophetic ministry. 
right? This is what this is what we need. So we have to understand the story in the scripture so we can properly appropriate into our lives to launch forward along with God's heart. Right. This is what we want to do. So if you've got your Bible, go with me to Genesis chapter three. I want to show you something real quick. Actually, we're going to go to Genesis chapter two. Now, here we are in the garden. Now, the garden is a story. It's a story meant to teach us the, the beginnings of our relationship with God. Right. It, it, it's, 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 it's an attempt to try to explain the condition that we find ourselves in. So Genesis chapter two, starting in verse 15, God in the story had created all the, all the stuff, right? All, all the stuff. Right? Everything else created, and he gave man dominion over a bunch of the stuff. Actually, he gave him, um, he gave him a responsibility to take care of it. That's a better interpretation of the world, to tend it, to, to shepherd it, right? He says, so then God, then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to, here's the word, cultivate it, not rule, to cultivate, to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, For any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat it, you will surely die. <clears throat> the day you eat it, you shall surely die. Now, so many people um, mess with sin a little bit, and they don't instantly become an addict. They don't die, so they think it's not that big a deal not recognizing they just walked on a path to death. They don't recognize they just got on a fork that is going to, the road leads to a destruction. And they travel way down this road, and then they come, Pastor, 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 how do I, well, let's, let's talk about how you get off this road. And you might have to double back to where you came from, and you made that decision to go down this road. But, but, but in this blessing that God gave to Adam, we see three things. Put it up if you would. We see a calling, we see permission, and we see prohibition. When God comes into your life and does something, all three of these things happen. And we have to recognize all three of them. He gives us a calling, but not just a calling. Oh, you're going to be a prophet to the nations. You're going to, you're going to, God's going to set you. I mean, I know Duke and I have talked, many of us have talked about this a lot, been in, been in meetings where everybody in the room is going to get a nation. And I'm like, there's only 181 nations. I'm like... There's 300 people in the room, like, are some of us going to share a nation? Does nobody have a nation yet? I don't, but how does this, do you really have that kind of authority? Like, did, did, did you really? How many times have you given people nations? Like, how, are you dominion, have dominion over nation? Like, what's, what's really going on right now? But when we get a calling, God gives us an authority, an anointing. He gives us a permission. But he also gives us a prohibition. There, is a, there, 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 are, there are guardrails, there, there are boundaries that we have to stay within, to stay within the blessing of God in our lives. And we have to recognize these guardrails, this do not go beyond this, do not go down that road, or otherwise you actually not are only leaving the boundaries, you're leaving the calling. You forfeit the calling when you cross the boundaries. I've given you permission, but I've also given you prohibition. If you get a word from God about what you are called to do or what he will fulfill in your life, you better hear what you're not to do to protect it. If you want to get married, like it's kind of a given. Like my wife and I, I don't think we've ever had a conversation where we talk about not having, you know, marital relations with people outside the marriage. Kind of given. Like you would hope when you get married, it's kind of a given, right? Like we're exclusive now. There's a prohibition that came with the permission. 
This is blessed, but outside of it is cursed. People don't recognize covenant. They don't, they, don't, they don't understand that. They think, you'll be loyal to me, and I get to do whatever I want. And then I get to complain because I'm not enjoying the relationship because you're not responding in a way I would like because I'm doing whatever I want. You can't act a fool and get peace. It just it don't work. So God is constantly reminding us of these three to keep us on the journey with him. Now, the devil actually says the tempter. The Bible doesn't actually say the devil anywhere in this. Um, and it doesn't say sin, which is really funny, but I don't have time to unpack that right now. But the tempter, it says, came to where Adam and Eve were and tempted them to disregard these things. God gave him permission. He gave him a calling and he gave him a prohibition. And the tempter came and began to tempt them to disregard these words of God. He tempted them by making their self-awareness cloudy and provoking their self-consciousness. The Bible says that Adam was created in the image of God. Now, Adam didn't have a, a mirror at the time, but if you looked at Adam, you would have seen God. He was made in his image. He was without sin. And so he, he was made in his image, in his likeness. Now, we know within Adam originally was the male and female because out of Adam was brought Eve. So we know within God is the male and female. Jesus came as a man, but within the glorified Christ, there is the feminine. We see the feminine in God. Women are not lower than men in the kingdom. The feminine and the, the masculine are both in God and represented. Don't give me, I don't need courtesy claps. Um, but I will say something. I want to say something. Those of you who come from a Catholic background or, or, or a family that come from a Catholic background, you hear about Mary and you get a little sketchy. You get a little nervous. Like, we don't worship Mary. Well, of course we don't. Who, who would? No. Let's not worship anybody dead, all right? But Mary was more than just a borrowed womb. He didn't just rent a uterus for a little bit. He chose a woman. Come on, somebody. He chose a woman to birth the Son of God and keep our salvation alive through childhood. I remember when we had our first kid, I'm like, why would they send us home with this baby? We don't know how to keep this thing alive. Like, how do, what are they doing? Like, two nights at the hospital. It should be a month or two. Like, clearly, like, there's no way I know how to keep. But God trusted Mary to keep salvation alive. Mary nursed salvation on her breast to keep him alive. When, when Herod wanted to murder salvation, he trusted that family to keep Jesus alive when Jesus couldn't do for himself. There's something in there that we have been cut off from, and how people view Mary often is how they view women in general. Uh, you're you know, a useful womb. Borrow some of your parts. I'll just leave that out there for a second. That's not part of the message. I just, wanted, I just wanted to say that. for Just think about it a little bit here in this season. How you know, if we're going to clap, let's just go ahead and clap. And if you're not, just leave. But, you know. But the Bible does say, they're like, oh, Eve was, Eve was, oh, Eve is the one who fell. The Bible says Adam was with her. Read the scriptures. Adam was with her. Well, we love to blame her. Adam was with her. Anyways, here we go. But God is constantly reminding us of these three things. Like, the, the devil came to provoke their self-consciousness and degrade their self-awareness. Well, how did he do that? He comes and he says, did God really say? And they're like, ooh, wait, wait a minute. Did, did, he, did, did God really say? And then they start thinking, wait a minute, is God holding back something from me? 
Now they're getting self-conscious. Is there something that I, I should be able to have, but I'm, I'm not allowed to? Am I less than? Am I, is somebody better than me? Is God trying to be better than me? Now they got self-conscious. At a moment, they were self-aware that they were created in the image of God. But they lost that self-awareness when they began to get self-conscious. See, 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 then they sin and a funny thing happens. In the beginning, he said Adam in the garden and had him name everything. He had him take care of everything, had him oversee everything. He brought him a naked wife, which I think probably is a good thing, right? Adam just woke up one day lonely, and then there was a naked woman. Like, that's like, that's like, Adam's like, this is a good day. This is, and then Adam said, this is good. This is good, right? This is, I am set, right? But that wasn't enough for him. I'm just, I'm preaching the Bible. I'm sorry. It's just, it's the word of God. I, I, it's just in there. It says they were naked and unafraid, right? I watched that TV show. I'm very afraid of that TV show. That's... My wife is like, that ain't sanitary right there. That's, that is not sanitary. That is not, that is not right. Anyways, and so all this time, Adam is tracking with God, and he knows exactly what to do. He always knows what to do because he's tracking with God. He, he, he accepted his identity. He understands who he is, and he's tracking with God. But then everything changed. Let's look at this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. So they sinned. They, they were told not to eat of this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The devil tempted them. Oh, is this because you're not going to, because you'll become equal. Right now you're less than, but, but, but I need, you know, if you, if you really want to be some, oh my gosh, I really want to be someone. I really want to be significant. I really, I really want people to like me. I really, I really want to be equal. I want to come into my, oh no, no, I'm not right now, but I need to. That's how the devil speaks, right? And so they went ahead and entered into the sin. And then watch something happens here. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. And the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Now, you've got to know that God knew where Adam was. He's not asking him locationally, where are you? He's asking him self-awareness-wise, where are you? You have been separated from yourself. You have been separated from your true identity. Where are you? Now, up till that point, they heard the voice of God. But the Bible says here, now it's just a sound. What was clear direction from God, sin comes in and now it's just another noise. Among all the other voices, God is now just a sound. I was afraid. Why would he be afraid of the voice of God? Because it was just a sound. Sin clouded the voice of God in Adam's life. I was afraid. God's voice was clear. His presence was sweet, but now it's just a sound. And I'm here to tell you, this is the noise of sin. Now, if you grew up in a church where they beat you up over sin, welcome to Revival Life. This is not not the goal. Our goal is to get you to fall in love with Jesus. I will tell you that right at the beginning. We're not going to beat up anybody. The Holy Ghost, though, may convict you of righteousness, sin, and judgment. My goal is to introduce you to Jesus. But this is the noise of sin. Because of sin, Adam and Eve hid from God. Like I was hiding from those books. I was hiding from the things that were unfinished. 
They had some business with God that was unfinished. And instead of running to God to get the, the, the loose ends sewed up, they hid because they were unaware of the pain that the tempter brought to them. The tempter brought a pain in their heart that somehow their identity was not enough. And they ran and they hid because they did not know how to deal with their pain. He turned the garden that was supposed to be paradise. In the Orthodox Church, they don't use the word heaven, they use the word paradise. And they believe that once we die, we transition to paradise. And there was this paradise that Adam and Eve lived in and were called to tend and, and, and shepherd and keep nice and healthy. And they turned that paradise into a wilderness. A wilderness where there's trees that they're hiding from God in. A place of darkness and a, a place of fear. And, and God knows, hear me, for those of you right now, you're like, man, pastor, that is me. I used to hear the voice of God so sweet. I used to hear direction so clear. And now it's a sound. Now I find myself walking in the wilderness. I, or maybe you never heard the voice of God and you're just in the wilderness and you've been in the wilderness and by some providence of God's grace, he brought you here today. And you're like, it sure would be God to, good to know what my creator has for me and what he would like me to do in the future. It would probably be helpful of the one who is the author and perfecter of my faith to tell me what I should do in this next season since he has it all figured out already. And we are living, unfortunately, in the wilderness. And you are saying, I did not know where God was because of my hiding. I have a good word for you. God knows where you are, and He is calling you out of the wilderness. He is calling you by name into His light, into His forgiveness, into the washing away of all transgression. He's calling you into a land of peace. He's calling you into a land, watch this, of hope. Some of you will walk out of here with a hope you do not understand. There is situations in your life that looks like they are unsolvable. They are unconquerable. They are unachievable. But when the goodness of God comes into your life and faith comes alive, all of a sudden that which was impossible in the past looks perfectly logical now when you view it through the lens of faith. And God is giving faith to people right now to achieve the vision and mission that he called you for back in that other time when he gave you authority, when he gave you permission, when he gave you prohibition. He's restoring the boundaries in your life and calling you forth and how to live in them. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. I believe it. I believe it. In Jesus, who came into the world, fully God, but fully man. We have a very low theology of the humanity of Christ. We, we kind of avoid His humanity. We don't like to think about the fact that He really was just a man. Fully God, fully man when He walked the earth. He dealt with everything you dealt with. He had that peer pressure in middle school where people just get weird and they smell, but they still think they're cool. There is no trial on this earth worse than driving a carload of middle schoolers anywhere. There is not a deodorant strong enough. No mountain high enough to get away from the odor 
that middle schoolers produce. And you want to talk about lack of self-awareness. <laughs> Jesus went through that phase. We don't like to think about that. Jesus had to navigate all the things you had to navigate. He came as man. And he knew he was going to die. Now, I don't have time to unpack this, but I feel like speaking about it. I'm going to talk about it in a few weeks. People like to ask, what did Jesus do while he was dead? He was dead. He didn't just leave his body and go do some continuing in his salvific ways. No, he descended to the dead. Like, that's what happened to Jesus. We disembody him. Oh, he didn't have his body. He was still Jesus. He could not be Jesus without his body. He has always had a body. From everlasting, he is born of a virgin. He is unchanging. Jesus died, and he didn't want to die, and he begged the Father that he would not die. We have a God. This is, we, if you have ever lost anything in your life, we have a Father in heaven who lost a son. He didn't have a son who was off some, doing something else for a little bit. and then No, no, he lost his son. And then the Father brought him back to life. I'll unpack that if you don't like, I don't know about all that. It's all right. You can see how I'm right later, right? But today, today we're just going to unpack some scripture. So in light of what happened in the garden, where, where they turned this paradise into a desert, Jesus comes into this sin-filled world as a man. Where this sin had cursed all of humanity, Jesus comes and begins living a sinless life. And we see here in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus, by the Spirit, is brought into the wilderness to be tempted. Verse 1 of Matthew chapter 4 says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, this is, this is like not the blessing I'm looking for, right? I want a calling from God. I, this is not the calling I necessarily would sign up for. How about you? They just tell, send me to where the devil is, right? Like this is, this is not what I want to sign up for. But, but where Adam and Eve, watch this. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. Where Adam and Eve turned the garden into a wilderness, Jesus had to go out into the wilderness to be tempted in the wilderness to make this place a garden. This is, this, this is what, see, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, the Bible says. And so when the, when the tempter came into the garden to turn it into a wilderness, Jesus is like, I will go into the wilderness to find the tempter and turn it into a garden. This is the work of Christ in our life. We have to let him we have to let him do it. So the Spirit of God led Jesus out in the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. Verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. First point of attack of the devil in, 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 in Jesus' life, his identity. If you are. See, I believe that Jesus was very self-aware. Self, self I believe he had full self-awareness. I believe he had a very strong connection with his identity. He said to his kids as a teenager, didn't you know I would be in my father's house doing my father's business? Didn't you? Like, it's almost like Jesus, like Jesus, like he did tell you who I am, right? Like you do, like you, like I'm, 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 I'm 12 now, but you know, I'm not staying 12. And you know, these guys think they're in charge of stuff right now, but it won't always be like that. Like, and they were like, and then people talked about Jesus and they were amazed at what he was teaching. He was like, Oh, it gets better. Just wait. It, just, just give me a minute. And, and in your timing, I'm, I'm like, but Jesus was very self, very self-aware. But what the devil's trying to do here is make him self-conscious. To surrender his true identity. Right? So he attacks his identity. 
this, is, this isn't about hunger. It's about divine sonship. He's trying to make him self-conscious. Now, the enemy comes after Jesus' 40 days of fasting. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how much fasting you have done. I am not the most pleasant person when fasting. I, 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 um, I'm, I'm, my wife is happy that I don't fast now as much as I used to because it's just what happens is everything in you gets squeezed when you fast. And, and, and it's not like the beautiful stuff comes out, right? So you stop eating and the beautiful stuff is gone. And then all the ugly comes, right? Because in your testing, the real you kind of comes out. Like, it just, like if you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what's in it comes out. And when you get under pressure, when you get a little anxious, you get a little hangry, <laughs> someone up in your business, you don't know me like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, what's in you comes out. You're like, oh, that wasn't really me. And I want to be like, but it really was. <laughs> but that might be the real you, right? Like, <laughs> let's just be real for a second. You know, that might be the real you. That's, 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 that's what the squeezing does. And so what Jesus is doing and what our spiritual disciplines tell us to do is to squeeze ourselves so we know what's inside so we can deal with it. This is why we fast. This is why we set up spiritual disciplines to read the Bible when we don't feel like it, to pray when we don't feel like it, to confess our sins to somebody when we want to hide them, when we want to get real with our faith, show up to church even if we've been in sin all week. We're going as a spiritual discipline to allow our sins to get dealt with on purpose, before they get dealt with all over the people that we say we love. We want to squeeze them here so they don't get squeezed out all over the people we love. And so the enemy thought, you know, let me just give a little squeezing. Did God really say? But Jesus is like, um, um. See, you got to remember, Jesus had just been water baptized. He just got, he just got his baptismal identity. It was in Matthew 3, 17, just a chapter before. As he got water baptized, it says, Behold, a voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. It's funny how fast we forget who we are when things get a little rough. When we get at the end of the, end of the budget before we get to the end of the month, get to the end of the paycheck before we get to the end of the rent, right? It's funny. It's funny how we forget who we really are. And the devil wanted to try to make him feel ashamed that he didn't have everything he needed. Oh, you hungry. You hungry. You're God, right? Should God be hungry? Like, you're the Messiah. You've been the Messiah from jump. Everything that's been created was created through you. You shouldn't be hungry. You should never be hungry. You're God. Try to puff him up with a little pride, right? I deserve better than this. I want you to be aware of when you tell yourself, I deserve better than this. Sometimes you're being abused. Most of the time, it's just pride. And it don't take you nowhere. I'm going to quit this job because I deserve better. Unemployment is better? No, no, that's the devil. Stay at your job until you get a better job. You'll know you deserve better when you get better. Hello. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, um, I didn't mean to say all that, but I said it. Uh, but we forget who we are. And he wanted to make him ashamed that he didn't have everything he wanted or what he needed. Man, the Bible says, he says, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone. Watch this. The first, the first Adam sinned by eating. 
Christ prevailed by self-control. <clears throat> now, some of us really want someone to cast everything out, but I can't cast you out of you. Some people just want to be like, here's what I need you to do, Pastor. Listen, I want you to water baptize me, but just don't bring me up, right? Like, just, just I'll just go to glory, right? Just... Because that's the only way you avoid the, the, the countercultural formation process. It is a process. You cannot have it cast out. People can't lay hands on you and impart it. You have to put in the work of countercultural formation. You, 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 you have to endure through patience and suffering. Now, that is not popular in the church today. That's why we got so many people deconstructing their faith because nobody ever told them, you are going to suffer in this world. Jesus did not come to eliminate suffering. He came to be with you in the suffering. Jesus came to be with you in the trial. He didn't say you're not going to have trials. We live in a fallen world. Life is not fun sometimes. And the devil may tell you the cure is to kill yourself or the cure is to run and hide or the cure is to avoid your problems. The cure is to act like your problems aren't there. When in reality, the cure is I am going to stand and endure suffering with patience. I am going to count it all joy when I fall under various trials and temptations, knowing that the testing of my faith produces perseverance. I know that God is going to do something in my life as I stand. I get so frustrated with people who run and think, all of their problems will be solved by running. I'm going to stop like that right now. I am not going to be talking about people. Love you. But stand still a little bit and see the victory of God. God wants it like, like, like you get in a trial and God's like, they got a trial. All right. So Joe's got a trial. Oh, okay, okay. I got talking to an angel in heaven. Okay, I need you to go because he's right here and he's got a trial going on and you're going to see him. You're going to meet him on day 14 and he's going to get a blessing and a breakthrough. And then the angel comes back to God. And he's like, hey, I was there. He wasn't there. He's like, what do you mean he wasn't there? I told him, stay here. I planted you here. I'm going to water you here. I'm going to grow you here. He's like, I don't know. He's not there no more. And they're just like, oh, things got hard. Let me try over here. And so they stay there and they realize, oh, wow, I ran again. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Okay, God, I'm going to stay here. I'm, I'm, I know you're going to be with me this time. And God is like, cool, stay there. Stay there and grow. And the God goes to the angel, hey, I got a blessing for this guy right now. He, you know, he messed up, but he repented, and so we're good now. And so I want you to go. I want you to meet him in this trial. And the angel's like, all right, man, he's going to get the breakthrough. He's like, I don't, I don't see Joe. Where's Joe? Joe's like, oh, things got hard. And so I decided to go try this thing on over here. And like, man, God's just like, oh, you let me know. You let me know when you're ready for a breakthrough. When you will stand long enough to endure what I am doing so I can grow you a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 My wife, my, my kids aren't here today, so I can talk about them for free. We have adult kids, and I got to tell my wife, you got you to treat them like adults. Otherwise, they'll stay kids. I'm tired of them at telling you they're hungry. That was fun at five. At 20, I'm like, I already paid for the food. We ain't making it for you, right? Like, I can't do, we can't do both. Like, don't, don't tell me you need us to make you some of the food that we paid for. Nah. Like, grow up. Grow up, right? Like, I'm, okay, I'm bitter. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Heal my heart. I love my kids, and I want them to eat, um, and I love my wife. Hallelujah. Thank you, and amen. Listen, but you can't cast it out. You can't cast it out. You have to stand and grow in God. 
And, and, and some of those seasons are going to be uglier than others. And I'm, t- I'm, 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 I'm anybody, anybody, anybody testify that you know what I'm talking about right now. Some of these trials are going to be hard. But you ever met an old saint and you go to them and you're like, oh, I'm going through this thing. They're like, oh, God is faithful. You're like, that ain't helping. That, that, that ain't helping at all. And they're like, you're like, I ain't got no money. Like, oh, he's an on-time God. You're like, on-time God. Don't be quoting me song lyrics. Just don't. Why are you not upset about this? Or at least reaching for the pocketbook, something. Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing something? Because they have endured some things. And they're speaking truth to you. God is on time, and he is faithful. And they're trying to let you know he is faithful. So when I told Bishop, I said, Bishop, we got some, got some, the Lord is raising up a whole new generation of entrepreneurs in my church. And he said, oh, count it all joy. I was like, that way, I can't go back to the church with count it all joy. Like, are you, they're going to be like, what kind of bishop we got? Like, but he's saying count it all joy because God's going to do something. Here's somebody who's been through some things. Hear me. God is doing something in your life. And so the devil takes him to the top of the temple, right? Now, now the temple was the center of Judaism and takes him to the top, the place Jesus is supposed to be already. He's supposed to already be there. And the devil takes him there. Watch this. Are we good? Am I I talking too much? Are we good? Because my wife sometimes, sometimes I I preach too long. I'm self-aware. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm putting those books on the shelf. I'm letting you know. Uh, last, last week, last week, the, the, the girl running the, the overhead thing there, I have a countdown clock. They don't even, look, look now. Everybody look back. Look at it. They don't even start it anymore. They don't even start it. They don't even start it. She's like, do we even need this on here? Like, why are we even running this thing? And I'm like, I don't even look at it, so it doesn't really matter. But it's, it's for guest preachers, though. Um, <clears throat> I want you to get something out of this, though, all right? And so, and, so, and so he takes him to the top of the temple. Watch this, Matthew chapter 4, verse 6. And, and the tempter said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He'll command His angels concerning you. On their hands they'll bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's trying to make him self-conscious. Like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be in charge of this. Like, I, I meet people who join a ministry and are like, I should probably be running this thing. I've got ideas on how we can change everything. They show up to the church, the anointing of God hits them, and they're like, oh, oh, my gifts are activated. Pastor, let me tell you everything we could change. And I'm like, um, yeah, no, um, how, I, what I would like to see is some endurance from you. I would like to see some faithfulness from you. I, I, oh, I shouldn't tell. I'm going to tell this story. I shouldn't. My wife's going to cringe. It's funny. Oh, God. Okay, I shouldn't tell this. I've never told this, pub, this story publicly. I had a dude who showed up here one time. And uh, he was, con- he, uh... oh, Jesus, I feel like I'm gossiping already, but it's so crazy, I want to tell you. This guy was convinced he was supposed to, like, he had a ministry position in the church. He told me that the second week he showed up, right? Like, they, he's going to be on my ministry team. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I don't even know your name, but I should probably know the pastor first, right? Anyway, so he is convinced he, you know, he wants to try to start running things. He tells me ministries he wants to start in the church. I'm like don't even know you. Uh, first time is a tithe check bounce. He never came back. I was like, <laughs> hey, I know it's probably an accounting area. I know the way you got your money set up is, you know, you got your checking and your savings and the, and the checking. And the, you know, I, I understand, you know, it's a little, it, it, no, 
Pastor, we found a new church. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did find a new church. It's kind of funny. People get funny like that. It's, it's a funny story, right? People get funny like that. First, you were so called to this house that you were supposed to be on the ministry team. First trial, all of a sudden God changed his mind. Let's just be faithful for a little bit before we put ourselves in charge of stuff. Right? Let's not, let's not take over. Let's just be faithful. Let's, let's show ourselves faithful. Right? Like, you, 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 you engage folks. I see Adrielli, actually. I, only, I can only introduce your marriage five times before you get to stand up. That's, we did it too many weeks in a row. Fun, funny thing about newlyweds is they, they, they think they're self-aware, and they're ready to make their spouse aware of, of their... Oh, like, oh, 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 I'm ready to help you out. And they're like, you don't understand how weird you are. Like, <laughs> and so this is like, we like to meet with people after they're married about three months. And be like, yeah, how bad are things going? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad, pastor. Yeah. Dudes thought it'd be like, you know, oh, every night it's going to be like date night. Nope. Anyways, so. <laughs> nope. So, 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 so. The devil tries to tempt Jesus into being self-conscious that he's not head of the church. And, and, and um, the, problem, the problem was Jesus was already there and the devil couldn't do anything about it. And so Jesus was the head of the church from the beginning of time. The people didn't recognize it. Now, the devil tried to tempt Jesus with something that Jesus already had. The devil's only tempting you with things you're called to. But he wants you to watch this. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. But what the devil wants you to do is throw yourself down to get it by listening to him. Throw yourself down. You know why? Because the devil can't knock him down. So he wants you to throw yourself down. I know what I'll do. I'll run off into this sin. That ought to fix things. No, you're throwing yourself down. You t- yeah, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and disqualify yourself so I don't have to? No, I think I'll just stand right here. I think I'm good. I think I'm just I'm gonna just trust God. You see, you 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 wanted to quit in that thing. You you the devil told you to get suicidal. I'm here to let you know the devil is a liar. He is a liar. He can't steal your calling. He can't steal your blessing. He can't steal the position you're supposed to be in. He can't steal the identity that he gave you. He can't steal the promise that he has given you. He can't steal the blessing that's heading your way. He can't steal God's forever with him in paradise. He cannot steal God's love towards you. The devil cannot mess with any of that stuff. It has been sealed in heaven what God has for you. God is for you and the devil is against you. You see, the devil is a liar and God is the truth teller. And if we stay still and connected and meditate on who God has called us to be, we will come into the blessing God has for us or we can choose to throw ourselves down thinking it's a shortcut, but it's really just a disqualification. The devil is a liar, but he will not trick you. Amen. You will stand and see the salvation of God. Amen. This is who we are in the name of Jesus. Let me, let me move ahead here because I'm, it's taking me a minute here. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Now, at least he's gotten honest, but he's getting a little desperate. Now, now, now he shows his real goal was to get Jesus to worship him. You ever like have the devil whisper in your ear and it sounded real convincing and at some point he tells you something so stupid, you're like, I appreciate that because now I know that's the devil. Now I know that's the devil. 
this person has been good to me for years, and I had all this suspicion and all this stuff. And then you said that, now I know that's the devil talking, right? Now, 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 now things have become clear. Amen. And, and so, so the devil kind of, he kind of, he kind of tipped his hand at this point. And so we see the desperation. <clears throat> his power is all an illusion. The devil doesn't actually have power. It's all an illusion. All he can do is try to co-opt your power for his purposes. That's all he can do because he has no power of his own. I need you to hear this. There is not some God and devil war happening. In the, the devil's been defeated from the beginning. As soon as he sinned, God cast him down. He fell like lightning. And then you know what God did? He sent us here after him. The devil isn't chasing after me. I'm chasing after him. I'm like Jesus going off into the wilderness, kicking the devil's butt. I'm kicking him out of your life today. I'm going to kick him out of my family's life for generations up and down. I am chasing the devil until he gets out of the people I know's life. This is what we're called to do. I'm not hiding from the devil. He's hiding from me. He's trying to, I'm, I got to figure out where you working now because I'm going to go take my devil stomping boots there as well and I'm going to put my boot on your neck until it's stuck there. This is what I'm doing. Fall down and worship me, Satan. Watch this right here. This, this is, these are famous words you need, to, you, need, you, need to, you need to hear. Put it up if you would, Josh. This is the devil. Watch out. Fall down and worship me, Satan. That's all he's saying to you. That is the message of the devil. No, there's no mountain high enough on the world that you can see all the kingdoms of the world. The scripture says, oh, he took them up to where you can see all the kingdoms. Like, no, he didn't. That's not how you want to do it. The earth is round. There's a thing called a horizon. I don't care how high you get, you're not seeing beyond it. The devil does not have all the kingdoms of the world to offer you. The very thing he's telling you he's going to give you, he can't because he don't have it. Because my Bible says all the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. That's my God. That's not the devil's God. That's my God who has all that. He'll richly supply all my needs through Christ Jesus. Come on. It's a false narrative. It's a lie, and it's crafted to lead to one place, fall down and worship me. It's not about lust. It's not about pride. It's not about greed. It's about Satan wanting to be worshipped. Come on, bam. Matthew chapter 4. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil, watch this, left him. And behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Okay. I would like the devil to leave me and the angels ministered to me. How, how, I'm signing up for that. But we can't skip the whole story to get to that. The shortcut to that is a, is a lie. There's some faithful endurance happening in the midst of that. You hear what I'm saying? There's no shortcut in any church that tells you that is lying to you. The, the scriptures do not lie. There's no shortcut. And, and here's where we're going we're gonna to kind of go in just a little bit here. <clears throat> We all want to be able to say, Satan, go away, and the angels come and minister. Jesus had to bring his humanity in the face of all this pain. You see, God planted a church and called it the garden, and that church failed. Man left God. That's a place of pain. 
But God didn't hide from that pain. Jesus came into the world and he became present. You need the ministry of God's angels, but you aren't going to get it until you rebuke the devil from your life and convince yourself that God is good. And that you will stand and see the salvation of God. What I am going to challenge you with is to appropriate the scripture for your life. And I'm going to say something that's going to sound crazy, but I want you to trust your pastor. You've got to learn to be present with your pain. We spend our lives hiding from pain. We spend our lives avoiding pain. Pain in your past, pain from your childhood, pain in your finances, pain in your mental health. And we build all kinds of structures in our lives to avoid it. We kill our emotions, keep friends at bay. We're not honest about who we are. We're not honest about what we're going through. But you have to be courageous. We studied a few weeks ago in the Beatitudes that Jesus came to be with the brokenhearted. If you're separated from your brokenheartedness, then you're separated from Christ. I'm not talking about soteriology here. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the healing presence of Jesus. He came to be with the poor in spirit. He came to be with the suffering. And so you're going to have to get courageous enough to get close to your pain. Allow it to come near and see. And this, this, this is a lot of illusions. There are a lot of lies in what I'm fearful of. This thing doesn't really have as much power as I thought it did. If I could encourage you of anything, if I could impart anything, if I could lay hands on you today and have anything from heaven be imparted to your life, it would be the courage to stop running from your pain. That you would be able to turn that wilderness into a paradise. That you would be able to find Jesus where your pain is. Because that's where he is. Jesus is with the broken. Jesus is with the lost. Jesus is with the poor. He is with the oppressed. The Bible is very clear. He did not take that long road through Galilee because he needed some exercise. He did not avoid Jerusalem and go with the outcast because he just wanted to make new friends. He is with the broken. He is with the outcast. <clears throat> it's who he is. And hear me. <clears throat> Put this up, Josh. You cannot be healed of what you hide from. You cannot be healed of what you hide from. <clears throat> you are hiding from your healing when you're not present with your pain. I'm going to say it again. You are hiding from your healing when you're not present with your pain. God had a fallen creation, but he wasn't afraid to go back and heal it. He wasn't afraid to go back and redeem it. 
He created you in his image, and you chose something else. And he wasn't like, oh, that's so painful. Ah, they ghosted me. I'll never call them again. Think about it. Jesus is like, I'm going to just keep my love on, and I'm going to keep calling them. They'll pick up one day. One day they'll pick up. I know they'll pick up one day. Come on, somebody. I know one day they'll pick up. I'm going to just keep calling because my heart toward them is good. My heart toward them is love. My heart toward them is healing. What I want to do is so much better than what they're walking in right now. The Holy Ghost of God is going to come. He's like, Holy Ghost just out there just working on their hearts. Ooh, knock, knock, knock. You're like, oh, I thought that was a spam call. Oh, I thought that was, I thought I blocked that number. Holy Ghost like, oh, I get new numbers all the time. I got all the numbers. I stopped going there because I didn't want to run into them anymore. Jesus is like, I'm over here too. Like, oh, I'm going to quit that job. Jesus is like, I'm at your new job. I'm going to get a new relationship. I'm at your new relationship. I'm, I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. You think you're running, but the earth is round. You're not going anywhere. You're on my planet. I am everywhere. He just keeps calling. And so in this season leading up to the resurrection, as we celebrate, we have a resurrected Savior who wants to heal everything going on in our lives. I want you to begin thinking about some things. There's two voices in your life. There's the voice of your identity and there's the voice of the liar who wants you to be insecure about who you really are. There, there, there's the voice of God saying, hey, this thing right here, I want to I heal this thing. I want to heal this so you can be healthy. Then you got the voice of self-consciousness saying, I can't let anybody or anything see that because that's who I really am. So you avoid it. You're not present with it so God can't heal it. We're going to work on what voices we listen to during this season. Amen? I want you to ask yourself questions. Why do you believe what you believe about yourself? Why do you believe what you believe about the world around you? Are you destined to fail? Where'd that come from? It didn't come from God. Are you destined to be in bad relationships? Why'd you think that? God didn't say that. What do you believe about your future? What do you think about, I don't know who this is for, what do you feel about your emotions? They show weakness, or is that part of your humanity? Jesus wept. Jesus was fully human. Emotions are part of him. I don't know who that's for. What do you think about your significance? What do you believe about your flaws? You think you're going to be the only person on earth who doesn't need other people? Where did that come from? Not God. I need you. You need me. Where did those beliefs come from? Let me ask you this. Are they true? What have those beliefs caused in your life? What have they caused you to build in your life? What structures have you built in your life because of those false beliefs? Can you be brave enough to be present with that? Is what you built, does it honor God? 
Which voice are you going to choose to believe in your life even when you don't see the fruit of it? And so what I want to do right now, I want to give you an opportunity to welcome Jesus to come in and save you from the voice of the enemy. Stand with me if you would. Ha. I got my devil stomping boots on. I'm mad at the devil today. I'm a little irritated. I said anything too spicy. Jesus, forgive me. We'll delete it from the podcast. Act like I never said it. We'll be like the fancy churches. That ain't us. No, we didn't do that. No, you had a predator on staff. Please talk to the people about it. No, not us. Yes, no, you did. That won't be the podcast. We'll edit that part out right there. If you're a guest, it'll, it'll be there. We don't edit out anything. Here, here's what I do believe, though. <clears throat> ha. Shekaba. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us in a prayer. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to welcome Jesus in to kill the voice of the devil. And then you're going to be brave. And you're going to believe what God... Oh, come on up here, Pastor. If you would. Pastor Rates, come on up here. Uh, oh, this, this is... This is we're about to get Pentecostal. So, if, you know, God's about to move here. We're going to say a prayer. Here's what we're going to do, man. I'm going to say a prayer, and then y'all are just going to vibe for a minute. And then God's going to speak to some of you about some lies. Okay, I'll say that again. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a prayer, and then y'all are going to kick it up a, nut, a notch and vibe for a second. And God is going to speak to them some true identity stuff. Like, you're going to leave here with something to hold on to. You're going to want to write it down, get ready to write it like that, because God's going to speak. Amen? But we're going to say a prayer, and we're just going to let Jesus be Lord of our minds. Is that all right? Stand right here, Pastor Jason, if you would, because I'm going to wander a little bit more. I'm, I'm feeling, um, do me a favor, Duke, if you can... Uh, We're just going to pray right now. We're going to ask God to forgive us of listening to other voices. And we're going to ask for the true voice, real revelation to come into our lives. And you're going to do some of that inner healing thinking stuff, right? And we're just going to trust that God's going to do something, right? That's why you're on stage. Inner healing. My wife is a therapist. So we believe in therapy, right? Why did say Why did say you can't? I got to go home with her. You know what I mean? So I just... So we're going to say a prayer together. If you've, if you've prayed to receive Christ before, you can probably do it again, right? So we're all going to do it together. We don't want anybody who's doing it for the first time to be singled out, all right? Are you with me? I want a little more buy-in. Are you with me? All right, good, 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 good. So we're all going to pray this together. Say, Father, I have sinned. I knew I was sinning, and I did it anyways. Please forgive me. I listen to the wrong voice. And I want to hear you. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior. I believe He died for me. I believe you rose Him from the dead. And I believe He went up into heaven where He's at the right hand of the Father praying for me. And one day, 
He's coming back for me. But right now, I need His Spirit in me. So I receive you, Christ, as my Savior. I repent of my sins, and I believe you'll wash me clean. And your promise is that you would send the Spirit, fill me with power, and I will be a witness to the world that Jesus Christ is alive. I want to hear your voice and not the voice of the enemy. Today I'm saved. And I'm going to live like I'm saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Now come in a little bit, man. I'm going to pray over you now. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command every foul and wicked, tormenting spirit I command every demon from hell. I command every lying voice that is masquerading as God that has come and told you that there's a shortcut through sin. I command it to be rebuked in the name of Jesus. I declare the blood of Jesus over you. I declare the washing of the Lord over you. I declare the promise of God over you. I declare the release of identity in the name of Jesus. I declare the release of identity over you right now. I command you foul, wicked spirit. Seven ways, seven ways, seven ways. I break your power. I break your power. You come off their finances. You come off their relationships. You come off their identity. You come off what they think about themselves. And I release the Spirit of God. I release the voice of God. I release the power of God. I declare the security of God. I declare the love of God over your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, now ask the Lord right now, what do you think about me, Jesus? Come on, just ask him. What do you think? Come on, man, just vibe. Come on.
Lord lift up his countenance on you. Let's say it together and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Come on, give a clap off for the Lord. Now listen, I'm going to be in the lobby. I would love to meet you if you're a guest. But the band is going to play a minute. You might just want to soak in this atmosphere and let the Holy Ghost continue to minister to you. Let him, let him, let him go ahead and heal you. You can sit down. Thank you, Pastor. Let him go ahead and make you whole. If you need prayer, you can come to the front. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you. We will see you next week. Don't forget intercession tonight if you're able to join us.